So let's jump into Jonah, Jonah part one. If you're looking for, for, for Jonah, it's right after the book of Obadiah, which we did last week in the Old Testament. Again, one of the minor prophets, we're going to study some of the minor prophets and pull lessons from that. Um, and again, when we talk about minor prophets, they're called, they're, they're, uh, the 12 minor prophets are minor prophets only, be, only in the scope of the length by which their ministry is covered in the Bible, not because the, the message was, was um, not important or not major. Um, this only has to do with length of ministry. And so Isaiah and Jeremiah, again, just as important as Obadiah and Jonah. It's just the length of their, of their ministry. Uh, so let's jump right in. Um, let's see, uh, the book of Jonah. Um, and, and again, I think we'll be able to do this in two parts. Uh, but, but we'll see. I'm not going to, I'm not going to rush through it. Um, so Jonah, um, hopefully you, you guys are able to, to do it. When I go verse by verse, I'm reading from the NLT, uh, uh, from this. Uh, and if you ever, if you have the King James version, you go ahead and try to read Jonah and you'll know I'm doing the NLT. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so anyway, um, Jonah, so the book of Jonah, yeah, I know we go through all the introduction stuff. Uh, the book of Jonah was written by the prophet Jonah. Uh, his name, by the way, is Hebrew for dove. Or, um, uh, or is dove in Hebrew. Uh, the, the, the thought is, is that this book was written sometimes, uh, sometime between 785 BC and uh, 760 BC. Uh, and there's a bunch of, you know, there's a couple of themes you can get from it. But when you look as an overarching theme uh, for the book of Jonah, the theme really is God's desire uh, for all to be saved, okay? His universal, unconditional love for man and his desire to be saved. Don't forget, uh, you know, it's John three sixteen that says, for God so loved what? The world, that God loved everybody, even the people you don't like, even the people that get on your nerves, even the people that seem to hate you. Like God so loved the world, right? That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him, whosoever, Anybody that believes in him, we don't pick the people who are saved. We don't pick the people who who make it into heaven. We don't pick that. It's for the whosoever. Yes, even the person that you may have had a falling out with today. It's for the whosoever. Uh, whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. And uh, uh, you know, in Second Peter uh, three nine, you may want to write the, uh, uh, that one down. Most of us know John three sixteen. You may want to write Second Peter three nine. As a matter of fact, I'll go to it. Uh, Second Peter three nine uh, 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 tonight because these are some of the themes that we see here in Jonah, and, and again we see it repeated in other places of the Bible. But again, we're talking about God's universal love for people. And watch this. And sometimes it's not even about you, you know. It's easy sometimes for me to to, to believe that you know uh, uh, that oh yeah, God loves Sierra. You know, God loves Mike. But I got to receive that for me, His universal love that He that for God so loved the world that, that He gave His only begotten Son. He God so loved even me, even Morel. Like God so loved you that He gave His only begotten Son. So we've got to make sure that that because sometimes we see ourselves as unlovable, or we see ourselves as well. God doesn't want me. Oh, I got too many issues, and God doesn't. God couldn't care less about. Oh, well, I don't measure up to what to what you know to what Mike is, and I can't. I could never be like. No, 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 no. His love is for you, okay? And so we've got to make sure that, that we receive that the, his love is for everybody else and also that his love is for us because sometimes we struggle with that. We struggle with the fact that he loves everybody, even the people that we don't, or we struggle with the fact that he loves um, that he loves us because we have a hard time understanding how he could, but he does. And, um, uh, uh, 2 Peter 3, 9 uh, uh, says, the Lord isn't really slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. They're talking about the return of Jesus here. He says, he does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone uh, to repent. And, and, and in King James Version, which some of us may be familiar with, it said it's not his uh, desire that any man should perish. It's not his will that any man should perish, but it is his will that all should come 
come to repentance. And that's the theme that we see played out here in the book of Jonah. That watch this, that even when, watch, even when Jonah didn't want to act right, God wouldn't even allow Jonah's foolishness to stop his love from reaching the people that he was trying to reach. And, and listen, and so sometimes we get into this thing, you don't have to, you know, pray against anyone who prays bad or says bad things about you. God is not going to let anyone on earth stop him from getting you what he has for you. And there are times where he won't even let you stop him from getting what he has for you. Amen. And so we see that even Jonah, the prophet who was going through his foolishness, could not stop God's love from reaching the people of Nineveh. And that is good news for us tonight, that it doesn't matter what you go through. It doesn't matter who's trying to block anything from you. They are they are irrelevant, that God will get to you exactly what he wants to get to you. And it doesn't matter what anybody tries to do uh, to, to stop that or what they have to say about it uh, for that fact. I see you, Ma. Um, so an interesting note, too, also about this book before we jump in. A couple of interesting notes. Um, uh, one is this is the only book as far as the prophets, um, uh, one of the only book that's written by one of the prophets, major or minor, where the main focus of the book um, is not the prophecy itself. It's not the like a word coming from the Lord. Like usually that's the focus of the book. Um, you know, and, and if you get into Daniel a little bit, which we will, um, uh, there's there, there's more, uh, you, there's dreams and visions and then the story of Daniel and, 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 and um, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, there's other stories and stuff like that. But the main stuff in the book has a lot to do with, you know, the visions and, 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 and things like that as you get further into the book of Daniel. But this book here, is again the the only book of the prophets where the where the focus of the book and the point of the book is not a prophetic word coming from the Lord being spoken to anyone through the prophet. It's the focus of it is 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 the prophet's life, is his actions in this one moment. That's the focus of the book. The focus is on Jonah's actions and his life in this one moment where God is trying to ask him to do something. And it's about that journey uh, through there. So it's more about Jonah, watch this, and his soul and insight to what's going on inside him than any prophecy given uh, to anyone else. Uh, here's a point that, you sh- that we should all take down. Like, watch this, just because you are gifted and just because you are used by God does not mean that what is on the inside of you doesn't count, that we still need to be perfected from the inside out. We still need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that there is still work on the inside of us that, listen, God will use, he used Jonah. Jonah was a prophet, but Jonah had issues on the inside of his heart. And we're going to see that here in the book. But that's us too, that as much as God will use Morel, as much as God will use Micah, as much as he'll use Sierra, that we still have to grow on the inside that the inner man, that the soul matters, that who we are on the inside matters. Transformation into the image of Christ is God's number one concern for us. And and it's a wonderful thing that he will still use us as he's growing us and as we're transitioning and as we're transforming, he will still use us. And that's a good thing because if he was waiting for us to be perfect, he wouldn't use any of us. And so, so as he's perfecting us, he's using us as a witness and using us to witness and, and, and to other people to bring them in so that they can replicate that. Remember, he's given us this ministry of reconciliation that we now um, can, can uh, do the same thing Jesus was doing, bringing people back to God um, and God using us to bring people back to him. Uh, again, we all have room to grow, okay? And that's another a, a key point, that we all have room to grow. Jonah needed to grow in compassion. Jonah needed to grow in obedience. 
Jonah needed to grow in humility and a few other areas that I'm sure that you guys will see as we read through uh, uh, the Bible. Now, here's what's interesting, too, is that Jonah's uh, uh, ministry, the time that Jonah was basically uh, a a prophet or was uh, served as a prophet um, or his ministry was uh, uh, in work was uh, during the time when Assyria was threatening to uh, uh, the northern kingdom. Remember, the children of Israel split into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. So he was um, uh, 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 serving uh, when Assyria was threatening the northern kingdom. Now, we're going to see this here. He was called to evangelize uh, and to preach repentance, okay? Repentance, turn from your evil way. He was called to preach repentance to Nineveh, now, Nineveh was the capital of Assyria, okay? So Nineveh was the capital of Assyria, the same people that was threatening uh, the northern kingdom, and God called him to preach to them to repentance, right? And, and, and this is the thing that we have to realize, real-life application, is what happens when God calls you to serve the same people who are plotting against you, okay? What happens when your enemies and the ones who wants to do you harm and the people who, who, who wish to sabotage you and make, and make a mess of your life, what happens when those are the same people that God is calling you to serve to let them know that God loves them and God wants them to repent and God wants them to turn around? That is not an easy pill to swallow, but it is something that we are called to do. And we have New Testament proof of just that, even from Jesus himself. Let's turn to Matthew. I promise we won't get, we're going to we're going to read through Jonah, but we got to lay this down, y'all. These are important principles to read. And as we read through Jonah, we'll see it. This is stuff even reinforced by Jesus himself. Matthew 5, 43. Okay, watch this. Matthew 5, 43. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as what? As true children of your father in heaven. For he gives sunlight to both evil and good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. Here's what's interesting. I see you, mom. Here's what's interesting about that is, is, is that is that as far as uh, is that that's that's uh, a show of God's character that even the, the just and the unjust both get sunlight. The just and the unjust both get rain that he treats everyone the same. And they said you need to pray for the people. If you're going to pray for the people who, who, who love you and you're going to pray for the people that, you, that you're concerned about, then you also need to do the same thing and pray for people who persecute you and pray for people who hate you. Because the Father in heaven sends sunlight on the good and sunlight on the bad. He sends rain on the good and sends rain on the bad. He is right across the board with it. And that's the same thing that we need to do that. He says that in that way, you will be just like your father. And remember, we read in the New Testament, I think we covered this book where it tells us to be imitators of God. And if we're going to imitate God and we're going to be like God, then that's one of the things that I've got to be fair. I've got to pray for those who I like, pray for those who look out for me and pray for those who seemingly want my demise. I got to pray for them too. What if my service and my my calling, my calling, my purpose, what if your calling and your purpose and your service has to be to those who want to do you wrong or to those who have already done you wrong. That's a pill that I have to swallow all the time. It's like, do I really want to help someone who did me wrong before? And that's, that's, and I'm telling you, Sierra and I have been talking about that uh, recently and my struggles with that, but I've got to get past myself and, 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 you know, and if that is a call of mine or if that, or someone calls a text and, Hey, I need your help. I got to be willing to do it no matter what they did to me before. Right. Here we go. Watch this. Verse 46. I'm still in Matthew five. It says, if you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you if you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? 
Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect as your father in heaven is also perfect. I see you, my, that is hard. And then I want to go to Luke 6, because again, we're talking about, about the, the, just the scope of, um, of Jonah's call, where he was caught. Listen, the Assyrians were plotting against the northern kingdom, and he's being sent to the capital of the northern kingdom to tell them to repent. Uh, uh, Luke 6, 27. Luke 6, 27. Uh, I'm going to do 27 through 36. He says, uh, here's Jesus. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. So lo- watch it. Come on. Not even going deep. We're going deeper than prayer. Love your enemies. Watch this. Do good to those who hate you. So not just because it's easy for me to say, okay, I'll pray for my enemies. I'll pray for those who use me. But now he's saying, love them. Watch this. And then he says, and do good to them. So now it's not enough just for me to pray for, not just to pray for uh, uh, Micah when she gets on my nerves. But now I also have to do good to Micah. That's crazy. Watch this. He says, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse, bless the, the ones who curse you, you bless them. Okay, watch this. And pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your Offer your shirt too. Give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Watch the golden rule. Here we go. Do unto others as you would like them to do to you. Man, if we could just live by Jesus' words right there, he says, listen, here's what you do. Just do to people what you would have them do to you. Watch this, verse 32. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. Why do you get any credit? It's, it's, fu- it's so funny because like, you know, um, you hear stories about people saying, you know, I don't want to get into like, like um, you know, family matters and things with, with stuff like that. But it, all, it, it always uh, makes me chuckle a little bit when someone wants to get credit for, you know, whether it's paying child support or picking up a kid once every two weeks, it's like, you know, that's the least you can, like, you want credit for that? Like, you know, you're a parent, like, of course you, of course, of course you should have, like, I don't understand that. Um, uh, uh, But it says, yeah, you want credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who who are good to you, why should you get credit? It's amazing the things we want to get credit for. Uh, I see you see her. She would just read that last night. Look at God. Even sinners do that much. And if you uh, and if you lend money uh, to only those who can repay. Oh, my God. And if you lend money, come on, y'all, only to those who can repay you. Why should you get any credit? Even sinners lend to other sinners for a full return. He's talking about why not lend to people who can't give it back? I will give you this. You don't have to repay me. I know you can't repay me. Watch this. And we're going to, man, when we get to our series on giving, to give to those who we know can't repay us back. We have no expectation of getting anything back. Don't even want it back. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend, uh, lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. For he is kind to those, watch this, who are unthankful and wicked. Whoa, because watch this, there was a time in my life when I was what? Unthankful and wicked. Watch this, verse 36. You must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. He is trying to work this thing out in Jonah, and Jonah is fighting it every step of the way. Here we go. So we talk about what what what, what happens when when you're like Jonah and the purpose that and, and the and the call that God has on your life because we like saying those things in church. But the thing that God is asking you to do is directly to those who are plotting against you, like this with Jonah. And uh, and number two, another thing we've got to realize if you're taking notes, uh, and maybe you can go back and listen to this again, and you, and you can take notes if you haven't been, is that you're and maybe we won't even get to chapter one. Uh, yeah, I don't know if we're going to be able to get to it. Is um is 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 uh, uh that your ministry, your purpose, your calling, whatever. Whatever you want to call it, 
is for the lost, okay? It's for the lost, all right? Listen, if the height, if the height of, of, of whatever I feel God has called me to is, is just going to be on this Zoom call, teaching and preaching Bible to people who already know Jesus, that is not what I've been called to do. It is for the lost. We all, listen, we have been called for, and it's, and, and, and it's, and, and, and it's, it's sad that sometimes, you know, and we do this in church where we think the height or the, the pinnacle of a call or a purpose, watch this, two things, uh, is, is, is what happens on a stage in church or what people will not, notice in a church, um, number one, or number two, that the height of that call is about me being exalted or me being lifted up. Or someone say, oh boy, that Rick, man, he's so anointed. Oh, did you see Micah when she danced? Oh, she's got the anointing of God. And it happens right there in those four walls. We're like, no, 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 no. The, the height of your purpose and your call and your service, just like Jonah, wasn't, it was for people who needed to hear the, the message of, of, from God and to repent, that it is for those who need Jesus in their life. Now, we all need Jesus, but when we receive him and we're working out our soul salvation, it's like, that's the safe house. I don't, I mean, the, the height of what I need to do is not necessarily just for those who already know him. At that point, I mean, then it's like, all right, well, what are we, what are we doing here? How does the kingdom of God grow? How do people know about, about, about the Savior if no one tells them about them, right? And so your purpose, your ministry, your calling, just like it was for Jonah, is for those who were lost. And again, I want to establish this with the words of Jesus. Um, yeah, we'll, jump, we'll probably jump in the chapter. But I do promise this. I do think once we get into Jonah, we'll finish it in one, in one thing like we did with Obadiah. I see you, Ma. Um, uh, Luke 19. Go to Luke 19. Verse 10. Again, I'm reading from NLT, Luke 19, 10. Uh, here we go, Luke 19, uh, 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 10. Um, do, do I want to read a little bit more of this? No, 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 Luke 19, uh, nine, uh, 9 and 10. I'll read 9 and 10. Uh, so here we go. Uh, Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home this day, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Watch this, verse 10. It says, for the son of man, he's talking about himself, for the son of man came to seek to look for, to seek, watch this, and save those who were lost. That's what Jesus came to do, right? So watch this. Put, put, uh, be sure to mark that down in your notes. That, that it's a, Jesus came for what? To seek and to save those who are lost. Now let's go to Mark 2.15. We're seeing what Jesus says he's come to do, right? So to seek and save the lost. And then we're going to tie it into how into what that means for us. Um, uh, Luke 2, I'm going to go 15 through 17. I'm sorry, Mark 2. I'm sorry, guys, Mark 2. 15 through 17. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home for, uh, as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. There were many people of this kind among Jesus's followers. Uh, now, now, again, back then, some of the tax collectors were seen as the lowest in society. Now, watch this. He says there were many other people of this kind among Jesus's followers. People were just like tax collectors. People were seen as the despicable uh, people in society. But now, watch this, verse 16. But when the teachers of the religious law, who were Pharisees, church people, the leaders, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? Okay, they're trying to figure out why in the world is he hanging out with these people? The religious leaders were saying this, right? Now watch this. When Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people do not need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous. He didn't say those who were righteous. He said those who think that they are righteous. Watch this. But to those who know that they are sinners, he said, I, didn't, I came for the sick, not the healthy. So if you're healthy and you think you're righteous and you're thinking, so, then, then fine. But that's not who I came for. I came for those who know that they need to be saved. Amen. And so we see Jesus says he come to seek and save those who are lost. And he came for the sick, came for the sinners, right? Now here's where we get, 
I, I, I see that. I see you see it is a good analogy. Now watch this. Now, uh, now let's go to Second Corinthians because I'm gonna tie this back to what this means for us. So we saw Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, right? And we saw that Jesus, he came to seek and save the lost, and he came for those who 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 uh, who are sick and need a doctor, right? He made that analogy. Now we go to Second Corinthians five. 17 through 20. Now watch how this ties into us. The whole point is understanding like Jonah are calling to those who need Christ. Okay. That's the whole point of, of establishing this. Watch this. Uh, 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 um, uh, 517. Uh, this means anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Watch this verse 18. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God, watch this, he brought us He brought us back to himself through Christ. That's what we just read. We were sick. We were lost. He came and saved us, and now we're not anymore, right? Now watch this. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, right? So he said, this is what Jesus was saying, that he sent me here to save the lost. He sent me here for the sick, right? Now watch this. He says, and gave us, now he says, he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So now we are Christ's ambassadors. God is now making his appeal through us. He's not making his appeal to people who think they're righteous. He's not making their people the appeal to people who aren't lost. It's to the lost. But he's making that appeal what? Through us. He's not making his appeal to people who are in the church building through it. No, it's the people who are lost, not the ones who are already saved. Watch this. Uh, 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 God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be an offering for our sin that we could be made right with God through Christ. So again, we're trying to establish here the fact, the simple fact that God, and, and, I, and I may go, I may, I may go ahead and go through uh, um, chapter one. Um, uh, uh, still, we'll just, we'll, we just go a little bit late tonight. Um, uh, you know, and of course, anybody got to jump off, you can jump off um, and, and listen back to the, to the recording. It'll be another 15 minutes or so. But, um, but so we established the fact that, 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 that uh, uh, um, in, in the introduction, you know, that, that, um, that what happens again, when God wants you to minister and serve to people who plot against you, who want to harm you, but they're the ones you're supposed to serve, that that's, that, that, that could be the case. Right. But then also that your ministry, your purpose, your calling is for the lost. Okay. And that's why impact is built the way it's built. And that's why we keep expanding the way we expand because our attention, our focus has to be on the lost and helping those who need help. That's what, that's, that's, that's what we do. Um, a quick book breakdown. Um, and you'll see this as you read it, uh, it's for your notes. Um, you know, chapter one, verse one through 17, um, which is basically entire, the entire chapter of chapter one is Jonah's call. Um, uh, Jonah's call from God, his assignment, his disobedience, and his attempted escape from what God was asking him to do. In chapter two, we see uh, the prophet Jonah basically hitting rock bottom um, as he tries to turn from God, but then we see him then turn towards God. Uh, In chapter three, we see Jonah uh, doing what God asked him to do. uh, And we also see Nineveh's response uh, to what God has sent him to do. Uh, And then in chapter four, um, what's interesting uh, is that we get to see uh, Jonah being upset um, about Nineveh's response and what God did through him and God's lesson to Jonah about mercy. Um, and we'll get to chapter four. And I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting thing to kind of look at how the whole story ends. Um, and we'll get to it when we get to the end of the story. So let's, uh, let's jump in and uh, let's start because um, it's only 17, uh, yeah, 17 verses. Let's jump in uh, in, in Jonah. Uh, again, I'm reading from the NLT. 
I'm going to read the first uh, four verses. It says, the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amadai. He says, uh, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it uh, because I have seen how wicked its people are. Okay. Now, now, now here's what's interesting. Um, and yeah, I'll read through four and then we'll get back to it. But Jonah got up and went to, and went the, in what? The opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leading for, leaving for Tarshish. Uh, he bought a ticket and went aboard hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. But the Lord heard a powerful wind uh, 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 over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. So here we see, watch this, God telling uh, uh, Jonah that I, I want you to go to Nineveh and preach my judgment because I see how wicked the people are, right? Jonah was, doesn't want to do it. Now, he gives insight later on, and we'll, read, we'll get there uh, like in chapter four, I believe, as to why he didn't want to do that. All he knows now is that God wants him to go preach his judgment. But the reason he doesn't want to do it is because he knows that if I preach his judgment and if they want to repent, he's going to accept their, he's going to accept their repentance. He's going to accept them turning away, and I don't even want them to have a chance at being right with God. That is crazy. In his heart, there are people who are doing evil. God is saying, I want you to go preach my judgment, and because he doesn't even want them to have a chance at it. There's no guarantee they're going to do it. But later on, he says, I knew that if they wanted to repent, you were going to be merciful. And I didn't want them to get any mercy. Man, listen, sometimes some of us may not even uh, uh, admit it, but there are people who may do what's wrong or do some crummy stuff. And we don't even want God to be merciful on them. And we get in the same boat as Jonah, where we don't pray God help them. We should be happy that people receive mercy, right? But we don't pray God help them. We pray God get your vengeance. God get my vengeance on them for what they did to me. And that's our prayer. And that shouldn't be our prayer. Our prayer should, should, should be that God is merciful and that God changes their hearts. But that's what he did. Uh, that was his prayer. Um, you know, and, and, and again, we talked about this this past Sunday. If you didn't hear it, go back and listen. You can't run from God, okay? It's, it's interesting that Jonah, Jonah tried to run physically. He tried to go in the opposite direction. Well, maybe if I do so, go somewhere else, be somewhere else, God won't call me to that place. But sometimes we, I think we don't necessarily try to run Physically, just sometimes inwardly, we try to run from God and try to escape it and just not listen to God and not and not and not obey the nudges that we get uh, uh, from the Spirit. But we can't hide from God, uh, uh, you know. Number one, and something else we see in in this is is God then sends a storm on the sea to get Jonah. What what does God have to send our way in order for us to get the message? What does God have to send down the path or down the road of my life in order for us to stop running? And what does it take for God to get us to obey what he's asking us to do? You know, when he asks me to do something, am I going to be quick to obey? Or does he have to start sending a series of events in my life for me to say, okay, I'm done. I hear you. I'm going to finally obey. Please don't let God have to send a storm your way in order for you. And I'm not talking about a physical storm when you're out in, uh, out on a boat or when you're on an airplane and there's some storm. I'm not talking about that, a physical thing. I'm talking about don't let him send inward storms and, and, and stuff in your life that that's causing havoc and, and, and making things crazy in your life, all because he's literally just trying to get your attention so you can listen to what he's telling you to do. Here we go. Verse five, fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods, for help and threw cargo overboard to lighten the ship. They thought that there was, you know, that if we pray to our gods, because there were other people on the ship. Um, and so they, and then they thought maybe the ship's too heavy. Let's throw some things off so we can sell better. Watch this. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep 
down in the uh, down in the hold. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted, get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay uh, attention to us and spare our lives. Here's what's interesting to this. Look at how Jonah's response to disobedience affected other people. Don't think that your call and don't think that your disobedience, don't think your decision, don't think that you're running, don't think that you drawing back and not doing what you know God is calling you to do is all about you. No, there are other people who are affected by it, okay? He was the only one on that ship running from God, but everybody else on that boat had to deal with the storm because God was trying to get Jonah's attention, right? Here's another thing. Uh, 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 watch this. Jonah was asleep while everybody else was trying to figure out what was going on. Everybody else is trying to figure out why, why is the storm here? Well, let's pray to our gods. Well, we need to throw things over, over, uh, uh, over the boat. Uh, I see you, my Yeah, look at that. He's sitting there asleep while everybody else is distressed. Watch this. It is crazy. And this, and this actually plays into what we talked about Sunday a little bit, that it is crazy how people will pull you into their foolishness and stuff that other people do will affect you. And while you're getting all worked up and while you're getting all crazy about what's going on and what's happening, they chilling. They ain't even tripping. They pull you into it. And here you are stressed about it and distressed and trying to figure out what's happening and why this and the same people that pulled you into it. They sleep while all the craziness is going on. You have to. We talked about this circle. I see you, mom. We talked about this circle of people you have close to you and how you let things affect your mind and your heart. Watch this. Some people you just have to understand some people are comfortable with drama. Some people are comfortable in drama. Some people, listen, even if, and if nothing as dramatic is happening in their life, they're going to cause something to be dramatic. You ever see like they just pick a fight for no reason? Like we had peace. Why are you, why are you, why are you trying to bring drama into this whole thing? They are comfortable in drama. They love dysfunction. They, they want dysfunction. If something is functioning right, they got to do something. You know, you talk about the thing. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. To them, it's like, if it's broke, don't fix it. That's how, you know, that's how, that's their whole, you know, saying of things is that, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They're like, no, no, if it's broke, don't fix it because we like the dysfunction, you know, and, and you're the only one tripping out uh, and they chilling, you know, like Jonah was on the boat because they like the dysfunction. And so Jonah was fine. I understand what's going on. I'm running from God it is what it is. Y'all can be distressed. I'm going to sleep in the middle of the storm on this boat. Uh, not because he had faith that God would save them, but for the fact that he was running from God, he wasn't tripping about it. Everybody else was tripping. Okay. Let's keep reading. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, verse six. So the captain went down. How can you sleep at a time like this? Get up, pray to your God, spare our lives. Okay. Uh, verse seven. Uh, then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Isn't it funny how, how, how God even used something that wasn't godly to help them identify what the problem was? You know what I mean? Because, they, you know, uh, uh, they, 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 they cast lots and offered to their gods, uh, and they were trying to figure it out. But through that, they figured that it was Jonah. Uh, and God was even still working through that uh, for them to identify. Watch this. Why this awful storm came down on us, they demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you coming from? What's your nationality? Jonah answered, I'm a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified. This is verse 10. The sailors were terrified when they heard of this, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. Uh, uh, and since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop this storm? Okay, what do we need to do? Now, Jonah says, just throw me into the sea. Throw me, throw me off the boat. This is what Jonah says, okay? This is a 
bright idea for everybody else in the boat except Jonah, I guess. He says, throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. This is one thing Jonah did right right now in this story is the fact that he is taking responsibility. I'm telling you, this, 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 this goes right back to what we talked about this past Sunday. Jonah took responsibility and said, it's not y'all fault. It's nobody's fault but me. Throw me off the boat. If you throw me off this boat, I guarantee you the storm is going to stop. And so, um, and so instead, because they didn't want to harm him, they said instead the sailors rode even harder to get the ship to land. But the stormy sea was too violent for them, and they couldn't make it. So then they cried out to Jonah's God. Okay, they tried this God. They tried to row. Uh, none of that was working. So you know what? Let's cry out to Jonah's God. Uh, it says, oh, Lord. Uh, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin, okay? Please don't hold us responsible for the drama that this fool pulled us into, okay? Uh, and don't hold us responsible for his death. Oh, Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. So again, you sent this storm to, you sent this storm to him for your purpose. Again, what does God have to do to get your attention or to get us to obey or do the things that he has called us to do? So like, listen, Lord, don't let us die for what he did and don't hold it against us if we throw him off this boat and he dies because you're the one who sent the storm and that's why it's happening, but you did it for your own good, right? All right, we're almost done with chapter one. We got two more verses. Watch this, here we go. Then the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea and the storm stopped at once. Come on, listen, do not underestimate the peace you will get the moment you throw the drama overboard. That's what somebody needed to hear tonight. That's what you need to hear right now at Bible study. Do not underestimate the peace that will come to you the moment you throw the drama overboard. Watch this. Now, I'm, and, and, and watch this. I'm not talking about abandoning people. Sometimes throwing something overboard is getting them out of the boat of your heart, getting them out of the boat of your mental space, getting them out of the boat of your inner man, saying, I am no longer going to be in turmoil based on what you do or based on what anything, all this drama you bring in. I am, listen, I am tossing you overboard. Tonight, when we get off this call, some people need to write a list of things. Don't put people's name on, names on there now, but, but you need to, you need to put a list of things that you are throwing overboard. And if someone, and so I'm throwing the drama overboard. Now, if you're the one bringing the drama in my life, I'm throwing the drama overboard here for you, but I'm not dealing with the drama. I'm not going to allow you to cause a storm that is going to sink the ship of my mental state. That's going to sink the ship, the, the ship of my peace. I'm throwing that overboard. And it says that when they threw him overboard at once, the storm stopped. And some of us, the storms that we're going through now, we they're not stopping because you won't do, you won't do what it takes. You won't throw the drama that is causing it overboard. Get rid of the drama. Throw it overboard. Take it out of the, 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 the ship of your heart and of your mental state and of your peace uh, so that you can have, so that the storm can stop at once. Verse 16, the sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power. And then watch this. Then they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. They drew, they threw him overboard and was like, whoa, okay, we're going to serve this God. Look at what he did. Watch this. Now the Lord, and again, that plays into the theme because you see that they served other gods. They cast lots. You see how God, even as he's going after Jonah, doing whatever he's got to do to get Jonah to obey, and while he's disciplining Jonah, his love for all people is still at work. 
He took these people who were serving other gods and worshiping other gods and, and, and doing offerings to other gods and made them serve him while he wasn't even after them initially in the first place. And God's like, so while I'm here dealing with this, let me go ahead and bless you guys. You know what I mean? Let me go ahead and, 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 and save you guys. Um, and so that's what he did with them. He took these people. And so again, we talk, God so loved what? The world. The, the the entire world. So even they were blessed um, um, that, and remember we talked about naming that stuff, right? We, uh, uh, last time. So this drama that Jonah brought into their life actually worked out for their good because they came into a relationship with God through it, right? And here we go. Verse 17. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. And so we'll talk a little bit about, we'll pick up there next week, um, where we'll dive into um, Jonah being in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, being a type of Jesus uh, and a foreshadow of Jesus being uh, 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 dead in the grave for three days, three nights, and then, and then uh, coming out the same way Jonah uh, uh, came out there. 